Let's speak to him now. Hallelujah. Let's worship him. You like to lift up your hands and thank the Lord Jesus for his mighty work in your life. Work in our families, work in our assembly, work in the body. Give you glory tonight, Jesus. Give you praises. Give you honor, Lord Jesus. You are worthy. Hallelujah. John, when he saw your face and saw your glory, let your presence bring healing tonight. Sing your word. Bring your peace, Lord. Bring strength, Jesus. Speak exactly what we have need of individually, collectively, Lord. Oh, for the mind of Christ. Oh, for your presence, Lord, to move within our lives, Jesus. Oh, for another taste, for another... Oh, for a moment in your presence, Lord, could turn a life around. Just a word fitly spoken, Lord, can move a life in another direction could continue a supernatural journey down in the right direction, Jesus. Oh, for those words tonight, Lord. We collectively pray together. Speak your word, Lord. One word, one sentence, one line. Jesus, Lord. May the inspiration of the Holy Spirit come tonight to every believer, every seed, every situation. We commit it to you, God. We commit our lives to you, God. We humbly submit to one another, Lord, as we have been instructed in the word. Humble ourselves to one another. We do that tonight. We wait on one another. There's needy ones among us, Lord. Jesus, may the strong ones learn how to get out of the way so the needy ones can be ministered to till we all come to that place. Father, speak tonight, this Wednesday night. Bless every life. We come under your banner, under your oak tree now. Speak your word in liberty. Jesus, we give you ourselves. Just take total control of every life, every need in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. We'll turn right to 1 Peter chapter 5. In the New Testament, we thank the Lord for His presence and for His Word. Amen. We're here tonight to hear from the Word of God. And uh, we're thankful for how the Lord used Brother David McGarry over the weekend. Wasn't that wonderful? Refreshing, and uh, we so appreciate that. And uh, we're so happy to have our Belgium friends here tonight. Brother Anton, your wife, Brother Hank, the Ibersons, we dearly love you. And they say if you're not Dutch, you're not much. Well, <laughs> they're Dutch, amen. So uh, they're much. We're just welcome to the family. I think this week is Teachers Appreciation Week. So we want to thank our teachers, all of them, what they mean to our church, our BCA, and our Sunday school teachers and all of you that have meant so much to our children. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you this week. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 6. And tonight we want to speak on uh, maturity has called, the bride has answered. Maturity has called, the bride has answered. 1 Peter 5 verse 6. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting some of your cares upon him. 
Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I wonder if we could all do that tonight. Casting all of our cares upon you, Lord, for you care for me. And I love you for that. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, we could say our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Is that verse true? Whom resist... Can we say that together? Resist. We're pushing against him tonight. Satan, you have no part of any family in our church. Any life that's in our assembly or believer, our families. We're resisting you tonight. The devil thought he was going to have a laid back service. Either just come in on a Wednesday, low key, just keep it. And we're just... We're right away out of, the, right out of the gate saying, Satan, you are defeated. You're exposed. We resist you. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, this is our last verse, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, Make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. After we have suffered a while, and for some it's a long while. Some it might be shorter, but the intent of this all is that God perfect us, establish us, strengthen us, settle us. Maturity has called and the bride has answered. God bless you. You can have your seats. Amen. We're living in a mature time, aren't we? Aren't we tonight? And God has sent a message of maturity. And you and I are answering. I was uh, thinking today of the uh, time in Chicago in 1958, many, many years ago, when uh, Brother uh, Branham was speaking in that uh, church and uh, saying how that The greatest uh, divine healing that was needed. The sickest body that I know of tonight is the spiritual body of our Lord Jesus Christ on earth. So torn up and broken up till it really needs divine healing. That was 1958. But I believe that the bride has matured. I believe the message came and called. And I believe there's a bride that has answered. I believe with all my heart that for someone to take that quote and say that applies to you or us or the bride body, I believe that the body has matured. I really believe that with all my heart. I I don't believe that Christ's bride is the sickest body on the face of the earth tonight. You might disagree, but I feel like God has done a great work. I feel like the message is gone around the world. And I feel that we're not little children and infants. We're not just walking down the aisle for the first time. But I believe we've matured, come on, as a body. And now God's collecting his remnant. And our children, young people, there's ones that haven't heard. But I'm, I'm speaking globally that there has been a maturity. And you have answered the call. I believe that with all my heart. 1 Peter 5, again, verse 7, if you'd like to look at these two verses together. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. I think Brother Darren Hoffman quoted this verse Sunday in his prayer. Casting all of your care upon him, for he careth for you. 
I believe that's a wonderful verse. I believe it's something worth meditating on. That we can cast, 1 Peter 5, 7, all of our care upon Him. I'm casting all of my cares upon the Lord because He cares for us. And we care. (laughs) Say, I don't care. Well, He cares. (laughs) And he's going to break through these times. As we look down, verse 10 now is our verse that it was on our hearts to bring the service from. But the God of all grace, we heard about that Sunday night, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, and strengthen, and settle you. Now, this word perfect, as you look back in in 1 Peter 5, that actually means mended or to make you fit. That this gospel that has come to us, that after we have suffered, that it would make you perfect. It means that it would restore you and cause you to be sound again. It literally means to that which has been broken or rent in your life, That's the purpose of the message is to perfect you, to complete you, to arrange things and adjust. And it actually means to frame ones for his glory. And that means for his own self. God has, has called a bride for his own self of his own choosing to make you and I perfect and to strengthen us. And lastly, that means to make us what we ought to be. That's why it's not the sickest body on the face of the earth. Maturity has called and the bride has answered. Peter goes on to say, after you have suffered a while, make you perfect and established. That means very similar. It means to strengthen you and to establish you to make you stable. It means to place you firmly. Exactly what this world is in its uh, neurotic and in its nervousness is what's causing even believers. It's, it's actually causing the need to be greater that we need something strong to put our foot on. The bride needs something stable to put your foot on. The word has come. So that we can set our foot firmly and to establish you, it means to set one's faith steadfastly, and to keep your face turned. You you might say to a little child, keep your face turned, keep looking toward the front, or keep facing forward. The word has come to the bride to establish us means to keep your face turned toward Christ. And the word Peter is using this word establish because it means to render you constant, to confirm you. To keep your mind set so that it's not up and down and neurotic like the world. They're very nervous. We're going to read in just a little bit. It's a day of pressure. Brother Branham said that. We're living in a day of pressure. So in the day of pressure, God sent a word. It was actually a call out there. Who wants to be stable? Who wants rest? It was a call that went out there that said, who wants your mind to be set on Christ? Who wants to be complete? Who wants to be put in order in the midst of all your tests? 
even this week. The great physician has already said, by my stripes, you are healed. So you can say, it's finished, it's over. Say, what about this job? What about this immigration issue? What about my children? The Bible says after you have suffered a while, that he would make you perfect and establish, strengthen, and settle you. I was thinking of this word settle because it means to ground a person, to set them down on a foundation and to establish them. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. Maturity called out in this generation. Who will be a son? Who will be a daughter? And the bride responded. We, we answered the call. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4. If you'd like to turn to this. I have a couple scriptures that we'd like to just read a little bit with you. I think the last Wednesday night I spoke, I overspent my time. So maybe we can do better tonight. And everyone said, Amen. Hallelujah. So in Ephesians 4, verse 7, we see this grace being coming not just from Peter, but also from Paul, which was the first messenger, Ephesians 4, 7, that each one of us has been given grace according to the measure of the gift of God. And we see in verse 8 and 9 that when he ascended, speaking of Christ on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And then he ascended. We know that he went down into the lower parts of the earth. Same one. He that descended, verse 10, is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens. That he might fill all things. So tonight you have the privilege and honor to say, Lord, fill all things. Fill me. Fill my mind. Fill my body. Fill my spirit. That is gifts of God. Not just a medical general doctor, but specialist. That can come in on the case and send his word and heal you. These are gifts in the body, as we see in verse 11. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, which is, which is the bride's ministry. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I wonder if we can all say edifying. Because that's the word I want to focus on here. The gifts in the body are to edify you. Every gift that's in the body of Christ is to edify one another. And that word means to build up. It means to like building a house and erecting a building. We're speaking about, about our father's business that he's building up a bride from the foundation and bringing us to the stature of a perfect man. So when he said for the edifying of the body of Christ. It is speaking of to restore a building. To rebuild. To repair. To establish you. So no gift in the body. When the Holy Spirit comes on it. Is going to be tearing down. Disconnecting. Opposite. We might be different. But we're not opposing one another. 
And that's where the bride, and this whole message came from just an acknowledgement of, of even some of you in our church and, and universal in the body, that th- there's been a maturity in the body of Christ. I believe that with all my heart. I've been very encouraged in some of your lives. I'm just so happy. And we see in verse 12 that this is the work of the Holy Ghost ministry. And for the edifying, the gift is that builds you up. Are you thankful for that? Verse 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of Man unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth are no more, or you leave those things, be no more children, or that's immature, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men or by their influence or by their words or their emails or texts and their cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. And it's not even the person, it's a spirit on them. Verse 15, Paul was very clear, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in some things. No, in all things. We have grown up which is the head, even Christ. I was thinking of Paul in 1 Corinthians when he said, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man or mature, I put away childish things. That's for all of us. So maturity called you, and you answered. We used to be little children, infant, adolescent. Preteens or teenage spiritually. I'm not speaking naturally. I'm speaking spiritually. But the word spoke to us in love and built us up. And we are now, we've grown up in Christ. That's what all of us should be able to say as we are walking on in the word. That we are growing. Amen. We are coming into the headship of Christ. Our last scripture here in First Thessalonians. Would you like to be able to turn there? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You remember when Brother Branham uh, went beyond the curtain of time and um, he said, I, I taught what Paul taught. Who remembers that? And all that taught, Paul taught. That's why tonight we're just coming here into these scriptures from Peter to Paul. 1 Thessalonians, now chapter 4. You that are familiar with the message Uh, know from uh, chapter 4 verse 15 that Paul was bringing the rapture revelation on down to verse 16 that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and that is the message to gather us with the voice of the archangel with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first amen verse 18 says comfort one another with these words I'm skipping over some things tonight because of our lack of time, but we should comfort one another with the Word of God. This message was sent to comfort us. The Lord is coming. The Lord is here. We're getting ready to leave. That was a maturing message that called you to come out of denomination, come out of her, my people, or come out of just yourself. It's a call. 
And so maturity called you. Come a little higher. John, a type of the, the bride. Come a little higher. And so you're answering it. Every day when you feed off of the word. Tonight, we're feeding off the word. So as you feed off of the word, you're growing. You're growing into Christ. You're coming up to that statue. You're answering the call. I would encourage every, every person here tonight, when you hear the word, answer that. No matter how you feel, what you're going through, let's just all agree to stop just describing the issues and the pain and the suffering after we have suffered a while. So stop getting A, B, C, D and the charts all down in your mind. Claim the word of God. Let the word inspire you. Press out into realms above your gloom, above your culture as we heard Sunday night. The word is our culture. No matter our skin color, our, the, what, our language, it's a word language. Hallelujah. We believe that tonight. So remember in 1 Thessalonians 4, it's the rapture and the comforting. Now just skip down in chapter 5 now to verse 9. We're just going to read three verses, 9, 10, and 11. Before we go to Brother Branham speaking about this. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 9. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Everything about this is for you to make it. Hallelujah. Is this good tonight? Jump in. Everything about services, the music, our camps, the school, Sunday school, prayer meetings, young peoples, our family devotions, our fellowship is to edify one another, strengthen one another, that we can make it. Amen. Verse 10. Speaking of Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, verse 11, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Paul was saying in verse 11, you're already doing this, but I'm speaking it again to continue to comfort yourselves, edify one another, even as also ye do. So we're all called, not just the fivefold ministry of Ephesians 4 to edify the body, but at 1 Thessalonians 5, we are called to edify one another. And remember, that means to build up one another, to erect the building, to repair and rebuild. It actually means to promote growth in one another. Christian wisdom is part of this. Christian affection. Not just the ministry, but we're to hear the word and then go home, go to school, go to our jobs and allow this edifying godly graces and virtue and holiness and blessedness to continue to grow in wisdom and in character. Who wants to do that tonight? We're, we're hearing about maturity has called in this generation and you had something in you to answer. Thank God for that. I, I thank the Lord Jesus that he and his graces has given us ministry and gifts that would edify us to a place that when the roll is called, we can answer. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He's given us a church, given us church family. He's given us a community 
that we can come into and keep sending out a message. Keeps giving us vitamins. Now, tonight, this bride is vindicated today alone by our life. The message that has come and has brought us to this place that we're manifesting this word, this message, we are vindicated by our life. Christ is the mystery. Brother Bram said, remember, we are now as his bride, pregnated with his spirit. Oh my, the church bearing children, pregnated by his spirit with his name, bearing his name, bearing his life, bringing forth the signs of his life, evident with the preeminences, evidence of his resurrection, showing that he is not dead, but alive forevermore. This is eternal life and vindicated and it vindicates to the world that we are alive in him. Oh, you say, that's the message. No, that's when the message is lived out in you. He goes on to say, we see the promise being fulfilled. That's lived out or fulfilled. You say, I believe the message or I believe the prophet. The only way we know that is true is when you live it out. When we see the book of Acts living today, that's how we can say it's the same yesterday, today. If not, you're just quoting scripture. You're repeating something. And as Brother Michael Ray preached last Wednesday on adoption, it's not when the son repeats the word the way his father does. It's when the father, it's when the son manifests a nature that is the same as the father. It's not that the son grows up in the message and is able to quote the message. No, that's where all the collapse and the falling apart is happening. They grow up in the message. They learn it. So it's not quoting the father. It is adoption. It is when the, the attitude of the father is in the son. It's when the word is coming through the son, the same as the father. That's when the father acknowledges that the son, they're ready. They always was my son when they were born. That was my daughter. I love you. And you're, but it's as you grow and mature, that's when the father can say, I give them authority. You have the power, but now it's the faith operating that power. This is when he said in Christ the mystery, we see the promise being fulfilled. Christ the true headship go, going in, coming in his bride, doing the same works that he did at the beginning, making ready, fulfilling his word as he did at the first. John 14, 12, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Then the head and the body are becoming one. That's what's been happening all these years in the message. In the body around the world. Becoming one. He said in works and in sign and in life. Vindicated by God himself. Through his promised word for the last days. He promised this is the last days. If you're spiritual, you'll catch it. You know what we've been waiting for? It's for all of us to catch it. Till we all come to that place. Till we all come to perfection. Some of you might have been ready years ago or months ago. And, and others are coming up. All the time we're all suffering. 
we're suffering together. But after we have suffered for a while, he settles you. He strengthens you. You're stronger than you were a year ago, two years ago. Say, what is it? It's maturity. It's the spoken word becoming reality in you. You're growing. Hallelujah. We ought to be able to rejoice in this, friends. This is the message. He said, we see the marriage supper is at hand. If I, if I never see you again, this is the end of this three and a half hour service. Christ is the mystery of God revealed. If I never see you again, remember the marriage supper is at hand. And the kingdom, according to the promise, is ready to be issued in. The great millennium, the taking up of the church, the destroying of the wicked and the world under the sixth seal to be purified by, listen to this, to be purified by volcanic, to take all the corruption and sin of the world and to mold her out again, to bring forth a bright new millennium for the age that is to come. If I could use Paul's words, comfort one another with these words. It's not the internet that brings comfort. I'm continuing in our thought here. The internet won't bring comfort. It won't bring peace. Magazines, newspapers, the economy, a prime minister, the president. You say, if we could just get this person in office. Jesus Christ is in office. Vote him. You could just keep voting for him. Say, now we're in the minority, but he's going to win. Maturity is calling you. Keep answering. That is the revelation. Acts chapter 2. Do you have time to turn there tonight as we turn to Acts chapter 2? I see Sister Smouts is here tonight that we baptized a couple weeks ago. This is a little scripture we share with those that we're baptizing. It's, um, I'm not speaking on baptism, but It's wonderful to see those that have been raised up among you answer the call. Acts 2 verse 37. Down to 39. Just catch this. Peter speaking on the day of Pentecost. When they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. Verse 37. And said unto Peter, to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent, turn around, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Is that the Bible tonight? Is that thus saith the Lord? For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even, here, here is... Where we're putting emphasis, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Did you hear the call? And I always describe it like this. You that have a landline or most a cell phone, that when someone calls into that cell phone or your landline, there's a caller ID that brings maybe up their name or the phone number. Who knows what I'm talking about? And, and it's caller ID. You know who's calling. And here in the Bible says the promise is unto you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And for many years, the Lord might have called you, been dealing in your life. It's time to come up higher. It's time to not be a child no more. Come out of that 
But there was a time, and, and you maybe slipped it back in your pocket or slipped it in your purse. And, ah, I don't have the time or I don't want to respond. But there was a day that you responded to the call. Well, this promise is unto you and your children and to those that the Lord our God shall call. I'm just bringing it up a little bit higher for you that are message believers. Maturity called you out of the word. And you answered. Isn't that glorious? You say, I don't have time. Or I'm not. We all feel we're unworthy. But stop just quoting that back to your wonderful husband. Say, I'm the sickest body on the face of. Stop it. You say, that's a quote. That goes right back to what Brother Branham said, how a person can read a scripture in the Bible, and if you misplace it, misquote it, it becomes not the word of God. Oh, you say, but that's a quote. Or you say, but, you know, this, you know, this person hung himself, so you go out and do the same. You say, oh, that's what I'm going to do. No, that's not your scripture. There's more for you. I'm taking you down a little pathway in just a moment. You're going to see that we need the Holy Spirit to inspire us every day of our lives. So tonight, it's good for us to acknowledge the maturity of the bride body. Just consider that just for a moment. We're so guilty of looking at ourselves, our families, our church, what we see around us locally, or just what maybe you're influenced by, but just take a step back tonight. There's been a maturity of the body. Even as our brother Tim Dodd didn't know weeks ago that he, when he was going to Uganda and Ethiopia, then the, the, in the last months there'd be such a wave of the Holy Spirit. At least 2,700 or more have been baptized in the last year. That's more than all of China. I don't want to stagger anyone. But even the police in China know how many believers they've told Brother Murphy and the other believers. They know the churches. They know who they are. They know how many believers. So that's a number that they gave. So what's happening in Africa right now, this wave of the Holy Spirit is in just months is more than all of China. Say, why do you say that? Because we're part of a body. We're connected to these things. When you hear about this happening or that miracle happening or this happened to that person you can say praise God I'm part of the body I could stop right here in just a moment I might give a testimony but I want you to see that the full maturity of this word bride has been developed now at this pace that's been moving that's why in the it is the rising of the sun when brother Branham talked about the bride age The first time that will come forth for the bright age for a resurrection out of dark denominationalism will be a message that the full maturity of the word has turned back again in its full power and being waved over the people by the same signs and wonders that he did back there. And so many misinterpret that as saying, well, we got to look back and thank God. That was Brother Branham. That was the pillar of fire in Houston. When if you hear Brother Branham, he's always trying to bring it to today, to what God was doing then. The bride ought to be saying, the message was waved over the people. And we were the people in the field. 
It's with a promise that all those in the field are going to come to maturity too. That's you. You might not have been born yet. I wasn't born yet. You say, well, if it's after 63, no one can be saved. Well, I was born after 63. Many of you were, came to the, to, to the revelation of the word. So it's not just your age. Thank God for a predestinated seed inside of you. We might be waiting on a little girl in Seattle, a little boy in Florida. Might be over in Victoria. As we remember those little works in Victoria and Renton tonight. But when Brother Branham talked about the bride age and the message coming to bring a full maturity of the word, turning back now a people into full power, you can say, that's me. It was waved over the people by the same signs and wonders that he did back there to get your attention. So he used body. Then he moved into spirit. Then he moved into the opening of the word. You can't say after we've moved into the third pool, we're going to do away with the others. It includes the others. So when you have a word gifted minister, go back and God's uh, using their ministry to bring healing. All the body should say, praise God. I know of gifts specifically in the message that are very gifted for healing. And God uses them in in, uh, certain ways and discernment. I I know who I'm speaking about and some of you might also. And and that seems to be where their gift goes. We ought to say, thank you, Jesus. Yet they might not never bring a message of uh, the depths of the word and the third pull. That's their gift. Then you have other brothers that go into other areas and deal with other things. And, and we, we should thank God for that. Then others are, are able to bring the, the deeper things. But we need all of it together. That's why in the church age book, in the resume, he said, What was planted in the first age will develop in the second age and in all other ages until it comes to maturity and harvest. We've arrived. We've arrived. Lord, bring the revelation to all of our children, our young people, and to one another. Bring this revelation, God. Let's turn to Mark 3, verse 17. We're conscious of our time. It's already half over. This is so uh, good tonight for us as we turn to Mark 3, 17. Just one verse. I, I was in Louisiana just a, a week and a half ago. Spoke at Brother Tim Pruitt's assembly. And um, I just mentioned this is in parallel to this scripture that we're going to read. But in 2 Samuel when David said, He teacheth my hands to war... I'm just bringing something from the Old Testament. I'm going to bring it into Jesus speaking to us in the New. But David said, He teaches my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by mine hands. And so many of us would say, Yes, I identify with that. That's bows of steel being broken. Hallelujah. But the very next verse, David says, Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy gentleness hath made me great. So in one verse, David says, the, the, the bow of steel is broken. You say, I identify with that. 
the sword, shield, war. The very next verse he says, thy gentleness hath made me great. In other words, there's a time to use the, st- the sword, the shield, break things. And then there's a time to use gentleness. It was so important that he brought it up again in Psalms 18. He teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by my hands. He says the same words. And the next verse says, Thou hast given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy right hand hath holden me up, and thy gentleness hath made me great. It wasn't this strength to be able to break things that made David great. It was the way she handled things in gentleness. It was the way she approached and handled the word. I'll use the words of Paul, in love. That's how you edify and build up the body. You say, I think it's always taking the sword and chopping heads and breaking things with steel. David gave us two examples, said the same words, thy gentleness hath made me great. It was such a blessing to their assembly. It dealt very specific to certain needs. How there's a way to approach something, sometimes hard and straight. Then other times God needs gentleness. And I'll just say this. Just give me 30 seconds. This was not spoken in a time of David's life when he was a young man. It was later in his reflecting years, in his elder years, when he was looking back over his life and journey... It wasn't when he was a teenager or a shepherd boy. It was later in his life when he could have gotten harder and more calloused is when he began to acknowledge the way you handle things is very important. Let's go here to our scripture in Mark three seventeen. Same thought here about maturity. I'm speaking about maturity. And James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James... And he surnamed them the certain name here you can read in the Bible, which is the sons of thunder. Watch, this is actually Jesus giving James and John, which were, the, which were brothers, a name meaning sons of thunder. This name actually means something fiery and a, a destructive zeal that may be likened to a thunderstorm. You say, hallelujah, brother, that's the way we ought to be. Sons of thunder. But Brother Branham, I was fellowshipping with a brother this week on this quote out of Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Brother Branham said, John, after he returned from the Isle of Patmos, are we all together? I'm speaking about maturity. Young John and his brother James, they were so zealous And full of zeal, Jesus called them sons of thunder. But in his late 80s and 90s, in 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, if you want to read them when you go home, you can read the way that John is approaching the church. And Brother Branham picks this up and says, John, after he returned from the Isle of Patmos out in the Aegean Sea, the only thing he could say was, little children love one another. Oh, compromiser. He's gotten easy. No, it's maturity. Maturity called John. 
He was out in the wilderness. He's out there. And he used to be a son of thunder. Now, if you read 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and Brother Branham's bringing this out, little children love one another. He found there was something real. And that was the disciple, Brother Branham's saying this, that wanted to call fire down on the city and burn them up because they wouldn't give him nothing to eat. But how Christ got a hold of him, how Christ needs to get a hold of some of us, you say, but he did get a hold of me. This is maturity. That disciple, he said, Christ got a hold of him and let him know you don't know what kind of a spirit you are. He said, trying to destroy life, we come to save life. That's what we have to have is love for one another. This is Brother Branham showing how John went from a son of thunder. You say, boy, Jesus called him the sons of thunder. Just stay that way. That was good for that season. But as he went through the crucifixion, the cross, and then now out into the death. How many know that John was the only one that was not martyred? They tried to boil it out of him. They couldn't boil it out of him. He's the only one that died a natural death. But as he got older, and you read and later... He just speaks about love and beloved and oh believers. And he began to reflect back. We, we just had that happen here Sunday morning and Sunday night. We had an elder minister reflect and look back. And the way that he preached and the, the way that he was that we so appreciate. And thank God for the gift. It was maturity. And for some of you, that's exactly what's happening. It's not that we wouldn't want to wanted John any other way when he was younger. But now as he grows and matures in the message, we also need to grow and change. It's reflecting the heart of God. It's reflecting maturity. This is what Brother Branham said. Brother Branham said he found there was something real. He said, now Brother Branham, he says, in my ministry since I've seen you, I've been practically over the world, several trips overseas and seven or eight trips amongst the heathens and everywhere. And I find this, that the most forceful thing I can think of is love. If I'm praying for a person, if I can't have the feeling of that person upon my heart, it never works. I wonder tonight if some of us would just acknowledge, if it's not working, I need more love. And just get out of your mind as Brother Ernie so greatly describes the sloppy, agape, all this kind of love that the world might just say, oh, that's just love, love everybody. No, that's not the love of God. God knows those that are His. Jesus, the healer, walked into a place full of sick people and just healed one man. Brother Branham said he passed by waterhead ba babies with waterheads. So greater needs. And just came and talked to one person, touched them and walked out of the room. Is that love? That's God's love. That's compassion. And Brother Br are we still all okay tonight? He said, now Brother Branham's reflecting on his ministry. When I think, what if I was standing in their place? What if it was my baby or my mother? Or my wife, or my sister, 
or my brother. See, sometimes we can take the word and throw it out there and there's no personal need or something that we're connected. And just claim it, brother. Just get next to yourself. Come on, sister. But now a person that's really under a burden in the channel, it's the Holy Spirit trying to bring healing to a situation. It is so different. What if that was my mother, my husband, my teenager? What if that was my brother? It's different. He said, when you feel the way, feel that way for them, then something begins to move out. Lord, let something begin to move out. Compassion, he said, goes out and catches the patient and brings them back. You know, this is a real need today. What I'm speaking right now is a real need. It's not just the letter of the word, but it's the spirit that giveth life. And Brother Branham is speaking about true, if something is true in your heart called compassion, that it goes out and catches the patient and brings them back. Is that power? Is that power? That's the token. That is the token. It catches the patient and brings them back. I think that's so powerful tonight. Revelations 22, can we turn there? A lot of scriptures, but... Revelations now, maturity time has come, has been called now for all these years. We've spoken about it. The bride has been answering. Here we are, Lord Jesus. Revelations 22, the last chapter in the Bible, verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bride and morning star. Oh, and the spirit and the bride say, come. Hallelujah. They're saying the same thing. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth Say, come. When we hear the word, the right response is, no later. Or, that's for someone else. Or, I hope they hear that. No. When we hear the word, let him that heareth say, come. The emphasis in this verse is, the Spirit, Holy Spirit, the word, and the bride is saying the same thing. She has the mind of Christ. She knows what she wants done. So then we can say we've answered the call of the message. God vindicates it in our life by bringing it to pass. Then what you say, God backs it up. Now this is really maturity. This is where not we're coming to it. Some of you are right there. The bride body is there. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let him that hear us say, come. Let him that is a thirst or thirsty, thirsty, come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Just come and feast from the word. Maturity going out. Rally around the, the word of God, the gift of God. If there ever was an hour that we needed the Lord to wash our minds from this insanity, it's today.
That's why he said it is the rising of the sun. That's what Easter proved. He wasn't only the word, but he was God himself. The dynamics in the word. That made the body of Jesus Christ cold, stiff, and dead in the grave. Shake into life. And rise again. And roll away the stone. Maybe you need to do that tonight. Say, Lord, let the word be more than letter only. It will kill you. Paul said that in 2 Corinthians. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Lord, don't let me be a hearer of the word only. But inspire that. Let me apply it, Lord. Just get out your arm and start putting the blood on the door. While you hear the word, just receive it. Just say, that's mine, Lord. The Spirit's giving you life while you hear the word. And it is the rising of the sun. He said, I am he that was dead. So dead till the sun said he was dead. The moon said he was dead. The stars said he was dead. All nature said he was dead. And now the whole world has to recognize he's alive again. He was not only the mechanics, God's word. He was the dynamics to prove it. God, let that sink down into all of our lives. It's not just the mechanics, but it's the dynamics to prove it. You know what, friends? That's how we can rejoice tonight because the word is calling for it and we're answering. We're not a dead formal church. He's not going to come in a rapture and leave you sitting here. That's what all this effort, if you say it like that, all of God's spirit moving through the body like a machine with strength. It's all for your good to awaken you, to arouse you. You're not a foolish virgin, so you're a wise virgin. And you show that by your life. Say, how do I know that I'm predestinated? By your response to the word. He being the groom, the bride has to come because it's part of him. And if it does something different from the groom, it isn't the bride. So when you see something working in your life, in your family, or some spirit moving, if it's not the word, it's not Christ. Then you just take that right back to you. You say, well, that means I don't have the Holy Ghost. You mean, no, no, no. Just say, Lord, let your word be born in the situation. Friends, just turn it right around. The devil's wanting to make you and I negative. Just turn it right around and say, no, the Lord moved there. The Lord spoke there. God did this. He's alive today. You might be suffering for a while. It might be 18 months. I gave that quote down in Tennessee about it being 18 months for the one sister that was losing her mind. Who remembers the testimony? She was losing her mind and... And Brother Branham went to her privately and said, it's going to be between 18 months and two years, you're going to come out of this. You remember that? She was driving down the road thinking the Holy Spirit had left her. No peace in her heart. All of a sudden, God gives her joy, gives her peace. The Holy Spirit comes and breaks that thing. She went to the calendar, saw the date. It was 18 months to the day. Praise God. I gave that testimony and and there was a sister that came after the service and it's a a relation to one of the ministers at Brother Tim's church. It had been 18 months. 
She couldn't see. She couldn't even drive. She couldn't even go and drive. She went the very next day, got glasses. She can see. It was 18 months. God gave her something that was in the Word years ago for a present day and unlocked the door. That's how we need to take the Word and the message. God brings these things to light to give you faith, give you grace. What God did there, He can do for me. Sometimes He uses the sons of thunder and sometimes He uses the love. But it's maturing a character. Sometimes he'll use a steel and a hard approach. And other times there has to be compassion. Well, we live in a day of pressure. And we see this pressure that it has no age line. No respect of persons. It's on the young and the old, the good and the bad. Brother Branham said it's on everybody. Has anybody noticed that? Pressure. We are living in a neurotic age, a nervous tension. Everybody's running here and going there and going nowhere. It's just that kind of an age. And Brother Branham said, I know this church would be plagued with it as everywhere's plagued with it. The tabernacle's plagued with it. He's talking about the Branham tabernacle being plagued with pressure. Everywhere, the whole world, it's a day of pressure. Hurry, 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 hurry up and wait. Drive 90 miles an hour to get home for supper and wait two hours till it's ready. That's right, he said. It's the time. It's that rushing and speeding. It gets you into a nervous tension. Is that the truth? It became so neurotic. Brother Brown was seeing this in the spiritual realm. And we're almost completed tonight. That in Saskatoon, he spoke a whole message on stand still. He said we're in a day of frustration. The whole world seems to be frustrated. Not only in our nation, frustrated, but the nations of the world's in a frustration. Everyone's nervous. And it was in that message, he talked about in Africa... I was watching a scene that was most outstanding. And it brought me to realize this. He's talking about a spiritual something like Jesus was so fantastic to give parables and stories. That's the word. And it brought out a character. They could identify with that. And in Africa, he saw something that was very outstanding. It brought him to realize I was watching through binoculars. I seen a little lamb that had strayed out from the corral in Africa where they keep their sheep and their goats and things in a corral. But this little fellow was outside. He was eating. And all at once, this little fellow became nervous and frustrated. And I couldn't see for my life why the little fellow would be so shook up. He's looking through binoculars. Why is this sheep so nervous? And all of a sudden, starts getting fidgety. And, ner- and upset. And I happened to notice way down along him in the weeds, the tall African weeds, there was a great black mane lion that smelt that lamb and was slipping up on him. Did we read that in our opening scripture? The devil, like a roaring lion, creeping up on God's elect. And God's given us binoculars, eagle vision that we can see through. 
Don't stop just focusing on the nervousness and frustration and why is it all shook up? You can see the enemy. Ah, it's the enemy trying to get you upset. And right in the middle of this, him calling this a day of pressure and an erotic age, he called it a bride age. This is a word age. This is a day of dynamics. And the bride answered that. And they're not just looking at all the nervousness and frustration. They're looking to the promise. I've got to get back to the shepherd. I've got to get back to the fold. I'm closing in this. This African lion was slipping up and the little fella, the sheep couldn't smell the lion. But he has a sense of something that excites him. He could smell with that, that there's something wrong somewhere. And now here's a prophet bringing this into the spiritual many times. That's in the human race in among the wildlife. God's first Bible. He's bringing out an attribute. Oh, you say, well, it's instinct. He said it's God-given instinct. And this little lamb, he was nervous and he was eating all right. You say, well, I'm going to church. I'm, I believe the message. I'm, but read the Bible. He was eating all right. But then he become nervous. And he just couldn't stand still. And there was something taking place that he could not see. And the lamb couldn't smell his enemy. But there was something, death lurking, that made him nervous. And I watched the scene. I trust we could get a lesson that a prophet got looking through the binoculars. I watched the scene and then come into my mind the beginning of the text that I want to use tonight. He said there was something warning him of a present danger. And that's the way it is in the nations of the world tonight. They sense death. They, they don't know what to do. They try to put their best person forward. And they'll have all kinds of meetings and behind closed door meetings. And try to choose their best. And it's a failure. Do we recognize that? Whether it's Iran or Korea or any other nation. The last prophecy Brother Branham saw was America in ashes. Smoking craters. And earlier when we read that quote about volcanic coming. And you think about what's happening in Hawaii tonight. And that volcanic coming out of the earth. And they can't stop it. And it burns houses and cars. And I I saw today it just going down roads. and, And electric poles just falling down. That's just a little scratch of a fingernail. When this world begins to belt out. In a tribulation. I'm so thankful God has sent us a message. It sent out a call. It sent out a a coming up higher. A rapture. Come up, little bride. A shout. So that when those things begin to roll through this earth, we're already going to be gone. In other words, the bride is going to answer the call of the rapture and we're going to be gone. Praise be to God. Let's stand to our feet tonight. The Lord has given you a word. Maturity has called. And you and I have answered. And I thank God for that. There's a way out of this trouble. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise be to God. Thank you for a message, God. It's still up to date tonight. 
can read something and say, you know what? That lion is trying to get this little bride, but God's already given us an instinct. And we're not going to focus in on being nervous and upset on the death that Satan's trying to throw on us. But we're going to focus on the word. Look through the binoculars and say, thank the Lord for the shepherd. But that does describe why you feel the way you feel. Satan's trying to destroy you. He's lurking around. But God sent us a message of peace. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusteth in thee. Hallelujah. I'm trusting in you, Lord. As we bow our heads tonight, who would say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, thank you for this call. I thank you for the answer. There's been a call in our hearts and an answer saying, yes, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's just rejoice together, friends. I just, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on the word, who trusts in God. Lord, I trust in you tonight on a Wednesday night. Uh, close out this service thanking God that there's been something in me. My mind has been restored. My heart has been restored. Our senses have been restored. God sends us gifts, local gifts, international gifts. Parts of the body, even from Belgium here tonight. We've come from Africa and Philippines, all over the world, China. God giving us a constant confirmation that though you may be suffering for a while, He's establishing you. He's strengthening you. He's settling you. This is for your good. Hallelujah. I trust some of you can leave tonight saying, this is for my good. What I'm going through is for my good. It's for my good. Have the Robinson family tonight. In their hearts, if they could sing a testimony, it'd be, this has been for our good. I wonder who needs some encouragement in your heart. You'd say, Lord, I need that kind of faith, Lord. Scripture says it works together for the good. Maybe you're going through a bad time. Maybe there's a struggling time, but you want to anchor it down tonight. I'm part of this rapture message. We hear it. We talk about it. We hear testimonies. But Lord, make it more of a reality in my life, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we pray for one another tonight. As we heard in the scripture, to edify one another, build up one another. Speak about this comforting spirit. Let the angel of God fly through the midst of the situation with healing in your wings. And let those that are elected eagles jump up into the wings of that anointing and be carried away into their deliverance. Carried away into their, the very answer for the situation. Lord, let the mind of Christ. Now we're praying specifically for one another, for the needy, for those that are not strong, those that are laboring under the hard breath and panting for breath and life. We pray for them tonight. There's others among us that are strong, they're healthy, they're on the mountain. 
You've given certain ones strong families and a strong disposition. And others that might be very, very close to them are going through a struggle. Maybe a complex time and a time where they're not able to just throw it off. It might be one of our children with a special assistance they need. Lord, help us to be sensitive and compassionate. I pray personally that you would give all of us that compassion to be able to reach out of ourselves and touch that person, that it would be Jesus. Restore them to their senses. Restore them back to their health, to their wholeness. In Jesus' name, let there be a restoration and a bringing back to sobriety where you are admonishing us and calling us to soundness of mind. For you've not given us the spirit of fear, or of, but of power, but of, and of love, and of a sound mind. In the name of Jesus, we receive that then, Lord. You've given us a mature calling. Let us respond at the same level. And as hands were lifted and hearts are raised, I pray that we would answer God, all of us, that our calling and election would be sure, that we would not be whistling through the graveyard when there's real needs in the situation, that we would not be distracted in this day of pressure. But you would help all of us, Jesus. Give us, Lord, what we have need of. Help us to be sensitive to that still, small voice. Heavenly Father, we love you, Jesus. You're doing wonderful things all over this globe. We feel part of a great body. A mature people now has risen up out of the ashes. We have to confess that because it's the Word of God. Everything is pointing to the change. Even the prayers that are prayed, the songs that are sung, the messages that are delivered across the pulpit and we put on a message of Brother Branham, it only confirms. Lord, bring it more of a reality now, Lord. Jesus, Lord, let us all, from the youngest to the oldest, oldest to the youngest, let us respond appropriately, God. I'm asking. And where there's weakness, make their strength where there's brokenness may there be healing where there's been a disconnect bring it back together where all seems lost would you do a miracle would you allow a healing Jesus show your power once again Jesus if it takes 18 months if it takes a year if it takes 3 months if it takes 25 years let us stand rock solid on the word of God we are sons and daughters of Abraham. All of this is for our good. You've arranged everything for our success. I pray you'd anoint your people tonight as we walk from this building. I pray that our hearts would be rejoicing. As the people have respected your house by coming tonight, I pray they would receive a double portion. And let it not be word only, but as they go home, let it follow them all the days of their life in victory and blessing. And may they find you unexpectedly 
May you come from behind the door. May you move inside of the room. May you talk to them on their beds, Lord. Speak to them on their jobs and in school. Oh, Jesus, we love you tonight, Lord. May our students have good success. May our laborers and workers find their their pockets, Lord, have been mended by their perfect will, and you are providing for them, Jesus. We thank you, God, for your word is true. And we love you, Lord, and we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Can we thank him together? Thank you, Jesus, for these marvelous gifts, Lord. Our brother David McGarry, our pastor, Brother Biscoe, Brother Tom Ray, Brother Tim Dodd, Brother Murphy Wong, Brother Ernie Venilueva, Brother Kyle Martin. Oh, Jesus, we're remembering these gifts. Brother Ken Andes, Brother Michael Ray, these that labor among us for the youth meeting on Friday night at 6.30. Bless our young people, Jesus. Bless our married couples. Bless our elders here, God. Strengthen the body. Edify us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, God. Go with us tonight, Lord, and strengthen your power. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Shake hands with somebody. Shake their hand and say, God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. We'll sing this as we go. Oh, rock of.